eyes peeled, everyone. It's time for the full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. Hi, you're uh, here with uh, Maxwell on the full 10 Yards College Football Podcast and uh, a bit of a change of plan today. Um, I've actually got um, Rob with me from the wider Full 10 Yards family because no one else could join us. How are you, Rob? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, uh, Max. It's nice to speak to you. Uh, yeah, Lee, I think he's on, a, he's on injured reserve but designated to return, I believe. Oh, hopefully so. Yeah, it's an important <laughs> part of the college football season. I don't know he's, uh, he's got a lot of things he wants to talk about, so um, we'll, we'll get him back on soon. And I must admit, he, he said, he, I just said to you off air, he said on, the, on our group, he said, I'm not feeling too well under the weather. Can anyone take over? And I said, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm up for it. I've not done a podcast for a couple of weeks. And um, yeah, just this morning, I, I developed uh, my, my son, my nine-month-old son has had, he's had a cold all week and he's given it to me. Uh, so fantastically today at work, I lost my voice, but I'm here. I've dosed up and we're, we're good to go. We're good for a, for a college show. Brilliant, brilliant news. Yeah, it's uh, glad to have you here. <laughs> um, you know, I could have loan sharked it, but uh, as it is, <laughs> it's good to have someone else's views on board, a different perspective. Um, yeah, in, in between coughs, I'll give you my, my views anyway. <laughs> oh, thanks for uh, giving us that time between your, uh, your coughing. Um, we, uh, we're just going to get into a few things today. So we're going to touch on the uh, uh, full-term roundup of the, of the games we've uh, had this weekend, which only was one game, Army-Navy. Uh, then we're going to go into a bit of a playoff preview, talk about the two big playoff games, and then we'll finish off with some players to watch uh, in bowl season. So to begin with, a uh, full 10 roundup. Previous play is under review. Uh, so to start off with, Army and Navy played this weekend. Uh, Navy came away with a uh, 31-6 victory. Um, always uh, an exciting um, game and a big one in the college football calendar. Did you get around to watching any of it? I watched bits and bobs, but it was the box score that I was most interested in when I when I had a look before I came on air to see um, sort of what went on. And I couldn't believe my eyes to see that there's only 26 passing yards the whole game between both teams. I thought that was absolutely nuts. Yeah, it's a classic military bowl game. I mean, yeah. Army, Navy... Uh, you know, your Air Force, formerly Georgia Tech, these kind of sides, they're there to run the ball down. Yeah. The old school flex bone traditions are still there, but, but the Navy offense has developed a little bit. You know, they're doing some gun and pistol stuff. Um, yeah, and uh, what was it you were saying? You, the, the one pass from Navy was, uh, wasn't even the quarterback. No, yeah, the Navy, after scoring 31 points, you'd think that there'd be some passing yards at least, but there was one pass attempt for one passing yard for one touchdown, and that was by Chase Warren, the wide receiver for Navy. So uh, I don't know what, what, what quite happened to the quarterback in, in that game for Navy, but he obviously didn't, didn't fancy it. Um, but yeah, fair play to the rushing game. Though. Uh, 395 total rushing yards by Navy, three touchdowns, and... Oh, the name escapes me. He had uh, Malcolm Perry. Yeah, yeah, three hundred and four rushing yards with two touchdowns. Uh, take a bow, Malcolm Perry. That is in. That's impressive. Yeah, Malcolm Perry is, um, you know, one of the most underrated athletes in college football. Yeah. He, uh, he's been playing now. I think it's his third year with Navy. He came in as a kind of a, a young backup a couple of years ago in the Army Navy game and dominated the performance then. And ever since. 
He's been just doing an amazing job. Obviously, this year they've gone 10-2, and two, and he's broke pretty much every record there is to break in the uh, kind of Navy football history. He's yeah. such an amazing athlete and um, grown to be such a good player. And uh, if anyone wants to watch um, proper old-school football where all they want to do is run the ball, then nothing is better to watch than, than Malcolm Perry and, and what he's doing at the minute. He's um, he's brilliant. It's such a great game and um, uh, love watching both these sides. Cool, cool. Okay, so we'll finish. Uh, we'll finish that, and let's move on to the um, uh, playoff previews. So, um, playoff preview. Uh, we're looking at later in the uh, month on the um, Saturday, the twenty eighth of December. Uh, after you've all had your, um, you know, Christmas uh, Christmas turkeys, you probably <laughs> had a lovely time with the family. Uh, on uh, 9 p.m. British time, we're going to get the uh, number four seed Oklahoma playing the number one seed LSU in the uh, Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Um, so we'll start off there because chronologically that's the first one we're going to get. And um, where shall we start? Let's start off with the uh, just voted Heisman champion, uh, Joe Burrow. Anything mm. uh, to bring up about Joe Burrow and the LSU um, team? Yeah, well, that kind of everything from LSU goes through Joe Burrow, doesn't it? I mean, he's had a fantastic season. Uh, number two quarterback in passing yards with 4,715. Number one in uh, touchdowns with 48. I mean, he really has uh, taken it and run with it this year. Um, excuse the pun because he's used his legs as well, obviously. He's an underrated athlete. But he's, he's really taken college football by storm. I think everyone coming into this year was thinking Trevor Lawrence and Tua Tagovailoa were going to be the, the two outstanding quarterbacks. But, um, yeah, Joe Burrow has come on and stole, stole the show, and he's been absolutely fantastic. And, yeah, it's, it's really it's down to, to Oklahoma. What have they got in their locker to stop him? Yeah, I think that's fair. You know, um, he obviously has shown he, he received the highest percentage of Heisman votes ever. Yeah, ever, uh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's the most dominant. In This is one of the most dominant individual performance seasons of all time. Yeah. College football history, it's, it's honestly amazing. Um, you know, started off with that Texas game really early in the year where he threw for 500 yards. Um, and then he had big performances against everyone he played, Florida, Auburn. Uh, and then finally, that that trouncing of Georgia a couple of weeks ago. Um, he he is fantastic. The passing game with Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase is just so hard to deal with. Yeah. Um, and and really, as much as Oklahoma have improved from a defensive perspective, I'm not sure they can keep up. Have you watched any no. of Oklahoma's defense this year? Yeah, not too impressive to be honest. I mean, just uh, watching them with my own eyes, but also the stat sheets as well. I mean, stats don't necessarily always tell the, the exact truth, but I mean, they're way down there on you know when it comes to giving up yards. Um, and funny enough, actually, they're 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 above LSU. LSU actually out of the four give up the most yards, I believe, per game. But uh, OSU, I think uh, something the stat that I was looking at earlier was their. Uh, I think out of the four teams in the playoff finals, the uh, Oklahoma Sooners have got uh, they give up the most passing yards, which doesn't bode well when Joe Burrow is coming um, to to play against you. So uh, yeah, I think for me, uh, look, Jamar Chase has really impressed me this year as well. I mean, obviously, when you've got your you know the number two in passing yards quarterback and, and number one. 
uh, in touchdowns, throwing you the ball. You know, your wide receivers are going to be fruitful. But Jamar Chase, obviously the league leader uh, with, uh, with 1,498 yards and 18 touchdowns. 18 touchdowns. I mean, I know college football, the stats are sometimes blown up. But that is still impressive and, and leads the league in both categories. So, again, I mean, I mean you touched on it with, with Jefferson as well. It's all going to be through the passing game. Oklahoma soon has not been the greatest defensively this year. I think they're going to be exploited. I really think this is going to be a bit of a blowout for LSU. Yeah, I think it's hard to see how uh, Oklahoma's defense is going to be able to hold them back. I yeah. actually do think they've got two individual players in Neville Gallimore and Kenneth Murray, who could both be sure first-round picks. They're that talented. Yeah, yeah. As a whole, not the most talented defense. I think Alex Flinch is doing better than... Um, what his talent is um, mm. and the other side of the ball I think this really is the side of the, the game where maybe it'll be decided so we assume that Joe Burrow's going to have a good game and, and he's going to do well against Oklahoma the other side of the ball is, is everything you've got Jalen Hurts who was the rightful number two runner up in the Heisman Trophy yep. um, you know obviously nowhere near Burrow in terms of the voting but he was the rightful number two um, he is coming off the back of um, a game against Baylor where they threw, for, sorry, they ran for 2.9 yards of rush, which is the lowest in the Lincoln Riley era. You know, they couldn't run the ball. Baylor's three front, uh, 3 3 5 defense was, was dominant. They played them twice now and did an amazing job slowing down that run. Um, so, it's all, I, for me, I think the game is going to be decided over there. Can Jalen Hurts put this team on his back and carry them through? Um, and just a, a, a you know point of note, uh, again, the Mississippi game, Ole Miss, earlier in the year, LSU gave up uh, 400 yards rushing and nine yards of rush. Mm. Uh, Ole Miss ran right through them. And they're about to face probably the best rushing team in college football. So I don't think it's totally a walkover. Well, what are your thoughts on Jalen Hurts? I do like Jalen Hurts. I'll be honest. I mean, he was, for me, the first half of the season, I think he was uh, the Heisman Trophy winner. I really do. But I think, obviously, Joe Burrow came back and, and, and has just been incredible and been lights out. Uh, any other year, I think Jalen Hurts would have had it. And I think that would have been, you know, it says a lot about Oklahoma when you're going to, potentially would have had three back-to-back Heisman winners in the quarterback position. I mean, that would have been incredible. Um, but yeah, I mean, number six on the year throughout college football and passing yards, um, Jalen Hurts was the, the leading rusher for Oklahoma with uh, 1,255 yards. So, obviously, a very dynamic player. Um, now, interestingly enough, <coughs> I did just bring up the, the points per game um, that the defences give up. And the LSU Tigers are actually outside of the top 40 in college football for giving up yards, passing yards. So, if, if the LSU are going to be exploited, it's going to be through the air. I think Jalen Hurts is obviously more than capable of doing it with C.D. Lamb out wide, impressive wide receiver. Looking forward to seeing him in the NFL next year. Uh, so there is a possibility that this could be a bit of a shootout. I don't know. I just think LSU all around with the defensive players, you know, Grant Delpit and um, Derek Stringley having a good, really good game. I just, I just think LSU. I think LSU win comfortably but I think it could be a very high scoring game yeah I think we'll see I think it's certainly exciting um, and the only thing I would say is Oklahoma, weirdly in a weird way Oklahoma have kind of got the best matchup because mm-hmm. Ohio State and Clemson's defences are 
so staunch against the yes and Oklahoma's passing game <laughs> off of the play action and the run game. In a way, in a weird way, they almost got the best draw by getting LSU. Yeah. That's a weird thing to say, but either way, we're going to see a couple of fantastic quarterbacks, some yeah. excellent coaching staffs. Edo has done an amazing job this year, and, and um, Dave Aran, the defensive coordinator as well. So, uh, good, good game to look forward to. Um, excited to see it. I think, as you just touched upon, I think it's going to be a tale of two game, two stories. I think the LSU Oklahoma game is going to be very offensive, and I think I think the Ohio game against Clemson is going to be very defensive. I think it's going to be two very opposite games. I think. Uh, yeah, so let's let's get into that. So we we just mm. Oklahoma LSU. They're playing, you know, Mercedes Benz Stadium in Georgia, and then and then later that night, so in UK time, it's going to be uh, probably won't be able to stay up for this one. It's, it's going to be one a.m. In the, the night time of the Saturday the 28th uh, morning. Oh, you've got to force yourself. Force yourself, boys and girls, <laughs> to stay up and watch this game because it's going to be an absolute clangor. It's going to be great. Oh, it will be interesting. So we've got Clemson versus Ohio State, uh, both unbeaten. Um, so this is the only one of the two uh, playoff games with two unbeaten sides. Um, uh, you're looking at just the, um, you're looking at, you know, Vegas, you're looking at the desert over here. Then uh, we've got um, Clemson, who are favourites which I think is uh, interesting, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. obviously Ohio State are ranked second and, and have played much better teams. Uh, but I think you raised a really interesting point about the two defences. You've got two of the strongest run defences in college football here. And you think there's a chink in the armour of either of these two defences? <laughs> No, not really. I mean, again, look, looking at looking at the stats and, and Clemson are, are number one against the pass. Ohio State are number two against the pass. And rushing, just pulling up the rushing stats here, um, Clemson are in the top 10 and Ohio State are just above them. So, uh, yeah, Ohio State are eighth against the run and, and, and Clemson Tiger 10. So, two very stingy defences as you brought up. However... Both teams do have some attacking prowess on 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 offense. Um, J.K. Dobbins has had a fantastic end to the season and finishes the third best rusher in the in the league uh, with uh, eighteen hundred and twenty nine yards. Obviously, Justin Fields, another one of those contenders for the Heisman. He's going to be very interesting to watch next year. Uh, Justin Fields is. I, I have a a slight hunch that he's going to be early favorite, possibly with Trevor Lawrence. Mm. Um, and yeah, Clemson on the other side again, a, a great running game with with Travis Etienne, and and a passing game with the aforementioned Trevor Lawrence with with T Higgins uh, as as the main receiver. So some very very big options on offense for both teams against two very good defense. This is why it's, this is the game of the year for me. I, I think that's a really good shout. I think you know LSU Oklahoma could be fun, and and um, I think we've both got LSU winning that game, even though Oklahoma are a great side, but. Mm. Look at this one. It, it, this is a classic college football matchup. Two of the best defenses we'll ever see. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the mighty giant killer of last year, Trevor Lawrence versus the upstart, uh, just mm. fields and, and the, the amazing stories they've both had this year. Um, the defenses we've touched on, you know, we've got that one X factor we haven't talked about yet, which is um, Chase Young. Oh, Chase Young. Uh, stay. I mean, <laughs> he's something special. I mean, yeah. get a pass rusher in, mm-hmm. in the Heisman voting conversation. Is yeah. Crazy. Um, yeah. But he it. I mean, a couple of these games this year, 
you, you turn on the film and you're like, oh, it was kind of close for a while until Chase Young turned up. You know, he he's yeah. blocked by by three guys on a play because people just want to keep him out of it. He is the most dominant player in college football. Well, it, the question you asked me yesterday, Maxwell, you, you said to me. Uh, the question was how how do these teams progress? How do these teams get further? And the one thing I've got circled on my notepad here, underneath the Clemson side, is stop Chase Young. It's as simple as that. If Chase Young is stopped and and is, I mean, obviously is the, is the sack lead. I think sixteen and a half sacks over the year, um, and that's without playing a couple of games as well, which is just nuts. If if they can contain him, if they can keep Trevor Lawrence upright, then they've got a good chance of 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 doing some damage, but you know, if, if Chase Young is going to be able to find some holes and put some pressure on Trevor Lawrence, what's going to happen? I, I totally agree. I think that's such a good way of putting it because he really is, um, he really is special. Yeah. The other side of it, you know, as much as Ohio State have had an amazing year, it, over the past two weeks, they've given up over 800 yards mm. and, you know, six or seven touchdowns. Uh, Michigan came in with a game plan in the first half they put up a bunch of points and really scared them. Uh, Wisconsin in the first half, their defense did a lot of really interesting zone blitzing. And, and uh, from an offensive perspective, they ran the ball really well. You know, we've seen now two weeks in a row where teams have, have, have shown that they could put some damage on this defense um, when Chase Young is slowed down. You know, when he's flying around and playing properly and getting some sacks, it's hard to stop. But yeah. you can, you know, you can scheme up. I think you can scheme up ways to beat this team. They're one of the most simplified yeah. defensive structures in football. They run 4-4 uh, formation, cover one and cover three, every single play, because they've just got really good footballers. They don't yeah. do anything crazy. But that's not going to be the case this week. You know, it really isn't. So um, I think Trevor Lawrence can put some points. And I think I'm hinting at my pick here, which is I've got Clemson winning this game. Oh, I'm going to go against you. I'm going to go Ohio. I, I really, really like Ohio. I, I just think they've got an extra dimension. Um, yeah, again, to, just to piggyback off your point that you said about uh, how many how many points, have, um, how many yards have they given up over the last two games? 800. Given up 800 over the last two games, but their season average is still 247 per game. So that speaks a lot of volume about you know, how good they were before those last two games. Um but yes, again, Clemson is probably going to be the, the, the toughest team that they've faced all year, um, arguably. Um, I think it's going to be tight. I really think it's going to be tight. But just for me, I think I just nudge it. I think J.K. Dobbins gets, gets the job done on the ground. Um, Javon uh, Hagen as well, had, had safety from Ohio State, has had a really good year. He's, uh, he's oh, yeah. in the top 40 of, of tack- mm-hmm. um, tackles made. So he's another one. Uh, I, yeah, I just think, with, with Chase Young firing on all cylinders, Justin Fields continuing to impress, Jacob Dobbins on the ground. I just think Ohio just have a slight edge on a Clemson team who have been, I want to say, untested this year. They haven't had the hardest of schedules. They've had a couple of shaky games, but they've kind of flown through college football without much test. Trevor Lawrence has had a not as impressive as last year, only 21st in the league in passing yards. Um, just over 3,000 passing yards. Fifth in the league of touchdowns. That's pretty good, obviously. But 
I don't know. I think Ohio State, I really struggle to say Ohio, by the way. Um, I don't know if you've noticed. I really stumble over that word. Um, I'm just going to say OSU from now. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I just think they've got a slight edge and, and will nudge it, but in a very tight game. Yeah, fair enough. You know, obviously, it's a, it is a kind of a flip em game. This could go. Mm. Um, and, and um, you know, if they do, if, if Clemson gets through and play LSU or if OSU gets through, uh, are you still thinking LSU are the favourites for the championship as a whole? Um, well, the bookies have them as the favourite, but do you, do you know what? I'm going to stick to it. I'm, I'm going to stick to Ohio. I, th- I, I really do fancy Ohio to go the whole way. I mean, it's a fair point. I, I could definitely see all four of these teams, to be honest. Even though Oklahoma yeah. probably kind of looked their way in in some ways, I really could see all four doing it. <laughs> um, and um, I'm really excited to see how it plays out. Mm got some excellent coaching staffs and that's one of the most underrated parts of this um, who, who know how to win games and have all been at the top of this um, so uh, yeah let's see how it plays out but you know what they say defense wins championships and for me Ohio State have got the best defense well I, I would disagree but if, if, if <laughs> defense wins championships maybe I can agree on that but I think Clemson <laughs> that's which is hard to say considering they had three first round D-line last year mm. Mm. That's very fair. Very fair indeed. Um, okay, so um, great talk. Our playoffs there. We're, we're going to finally finish off with a little bit of talk about individuals and the bowl games. Before we do, whilst I've got you here, I'm just going to spring it on you. So, uh, to anyone listening, uh, Rob here is a big NFL fan. And uh, what do you tell us? Which team do you support, Rob? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I support a couple of teams. Um, I, listen, I'm. I've I've been a big Indianapolis fan for the last what ten years, but over the last couple of years, I must admit, I've, it's been tough. And I, I know I get it. Indianapolis got a good young team and all this, but I, I kind of I kind of went off the rails a little bit. And I really like I, I like the Green Bay Packers as well. So I'm claiming two teams. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> wow! So just so everyone knows, <laughs> but Rob here changed allegiances. <laughs> from the Colts to the Packers <laughs> earlier this season. And uh, let's just say it was convenient timing from my perspective. Um, Don't hate me because you hate me. That's all I'm going <laughs> to say. No, I love both. I, I mean, I've always been an indie fan. I've, you know, you look at my wardrobe at home and it's all, it's all Indianapolis gear. So it's hard to get away from that. And I'm always going to be an Indianapolis fan. But a few things have really started to grind my gears a little bit. And especially, I think, yeah, Andrew Luck really, really peed me off this year uh, by what he did, and that that was the start of it. And then losing to Miami was kind of the, the you know the straw that broke the camel's back for this season. But we will see. I'm you know Indianapolis aren't in it anymore, so you've got to follow someone in the playoffs, and that's definitely the Green Bay Packers. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, let's just quickly finish on that. Um, if you had to just say uh, top of your head, give me a. I don't know if you know how many players, but. Couple of players, one for the Colts, one for the Packers. The perfect first first round uh, pick for each of those teams. So um, I'll just give you a second to think about it. Um, the Colts desperately need a wide receiver. In a perfect mm-hmm. world, they would uh, they would get someone like um, C. D. Lamb fall to them. I, I don't think he's going to. It'd be lovely if he they could jump yeah. up. So um, I think in my last uh, uh, a guy we talked about before, T. Higgins, a wide receiver for Clemson, could be a good. Mm-hmm. 
Anyone else? I, well, for, I don't. Again, I think he's going to go too early. I don't think he's going to fall to Indy, but I'd love to see Jerry Judy in Indy. I mean, I'm a big, big Jerry Judy fan. Um, unless they, uh, I think they're going to get a middling pick. So unless they rise up the board to grab him, which I don't think they will. Um, but yeah, I think uh, who's going to go in the middle round? I think yeah, T Higgins could be a good shout. To be quite honest. Um, but yeah, like you said, we do need wide receiver. It's Indianapolis. I keep saying we. I don't know where I stand with this one at the moment. Indianapolis uh, do need a wide receiver. Uh, we also need edge rushing. Um, I see in a couple of mocks that AJ Espinessa. How do you pronounce that? AJ Espinessa. I mean, Espinessa. You haven't been listening to this podcast because I'm the biggest detractor from AJ Espinessa. Well, there you go. And uh, uh, I think he's the most overrated player in the draft this year. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah well, I, I, I don't mind him. I think he's pretty good. And I think he's someone, something that Indy would definitely benefit from as well um, on the edge. Um, but yeah, wide receiver is the glaring, glaring option there. And what about the Packers? Anything they're looking for? Uh, the Packers are... Do you know what? The Packers... Are, one of the reasons I like the Packers is because they've got a pretty good team all around. But again, wide receiver. I mean, Marquez Valdez-Scantling doesn't do a lot for me. Um, uh, uh, Geronimo Allison certainly doesn't do anything for me. And then I really liked last year coming out of the draft, I really liked um, Equinemius St. Brown. Being a Notre Dame fan myself, I really liked him coming out of college. And he, he found himself in Green Bay. I thought that could be a good thing. He's obviously on IR this year. He's never really had a chance. So I think that, yeah, again, a wide receiver could be a position where um, the, the the Packers could, could benefit from. Um, <clears throat> pretty good in the defensive secondary. Um, maybe linebacker help they could do with maybe a, adding a linebacker in. Yeah, uh, obviously, obviously yeah. they lost Clay Matthews a couple of years ago, so that, you know there's, there is a hole there to, to fill. Yeah, I, I, a couple of names I had. So I think tight end uh, Albert Aquabunum from uh, Missouri could be a really good fit there. You know, yeah, I did, I, the only reason I didn't say him because I can't pronounce his name. <laughs> I still can't either. <laughs> I think um, Lee's got it nailed. We had a show at the beginning has, of the year. He has, Lee, yeah. Lee got, he, Lee's got all the names nailed. So if you want someone pronouncing, go to Lee. But yeah, I, for me, I didn't know. Albert O, I call him. Yeah, we're going to get Lee to do some sound drops of some of these names. <laughs> if we need him, even if he's ill. And uh, the name, you mentioned the DB core. I think that's very fair. Um, they're a very good unit. And I actually love watching the Packers DB core, but they play six or sometimes seven at a time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I could see them getting another uh, cornerback or slot corner in the first round just because they play so many. They need the bodies. And um, a guy who just is like the perfect Ma- uh, Mike Pettin defensive player is a cornerback T- uh, from TCU, Jeff Gladney. He's, he's small He's sticky. He's one of them. He just doesn't let people get away from him. Not the biggest traits guy, but he's just one of them. I watch him and I think he would be brilliant with petting deep. Mm. So, um, that's a couple of uh, quick shout-outs there. Um, yeah, so, so to finish off, we won't keep people too long, but um, are there any um, bowl game, uh, any individuals to look out for in the bowl games? Well... We've mentioned a couple already. A couple of players that are going to be playing in the in in the college playoffs. Um, 
Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I think he's been brilliant the last the, the, the end of the season. Uh, the stat I dug out for for him, uh, running back for LSU, of course, uh, was uh, four of the last six games he's got over 100 yards, and in those six games he scored nine touchdowns. So he's really flown in the last couple of uh, week or the last few weeks of the college season. Really been impressive. Uh, so he's someone to look out for. He's um, had his biggest games on the biggest stages as well yeah he has he's really really impressed on the big games the the yeah the showcase games so i think he's not done for the season yet i think he's going to be fantastic to watch yeah good shout um and one from me smaller game but in the um fbc mortgage, uh, mortgage cure bowl which is liberty versus georgia southern um not a game that a lot of people are going to be talking about liberty georgia southern but georgia southern are one of the most uh, one of the best defenses in college football Mm. And Liberty have got a wide receiver called Antonio Gandhi Golden, who is yep. some people's books a first rounder. You know, yep. he's a small school guy, but he's now had two years where he's had uh, double digit touchdowns and over 1,200 yards. He's an excellent, excellent route runner. He's not the biggest guy in the world, but really good hands, good route runner. Reminds some people have compared him to his small school to Corey Davis. He's not like Corey Davis in size, though, he's, he's much smaller than that. Um, but but very quick and, and very slick route runner. So uh, someone to look out for there. If he has a big game and it's good defense, he could end up going really high in the draft. Yeah, yeah. Um, a, a smaller school, someone to look out for. Uh, um, Arkansas wide receiver Omar Bayless. Um, he's, mm. he's one of these players that has a fantastic season. Second for, um, most. Uh, receiving yards a wide receiver for Arkansas State they play uh, I think they play FIU I believe uh, in one of the bowl games um, early early doors in December I think um, so yeah he's one to look out for uh, but for me I absolutely love this running back class coming into the, the, the draft this year I, I've been so impressed with all of the, the running backs that you know are That's I think good. Yeah, this is the best running back class we've had for years, isn't it? And as, really as, as a big fantasy football fan, NFL fantasy football fan, I am buzzing for the draft to see where these players are going to land. I mean, I mean, you've got big, big spots like Kansas City are going to want a decent running back because mm. they haven't got a running mm-hmm. back at the moment. And to get into to, to that system, whoever lands there is going to be my number one probably for going into next year. Um, Tuba Hubbard. Fantastic season, really impressed with him. Um, obviously, Jonathan Taylor has is, is been lights out. Jacob Dobbins, I've mentioned. Um, but yeah, I, I just keep your eyes out for the running backs. Is, it's all I'm going to say. Um, the one running back for me that I'm really going to be looking forward to in the bowl season is Zach Moss out of Utah. He's been really impressive this year. I really like him. I think he's going to be a great NFL talent when he comes through. Yeah, I think it's a good shout. He he reminds me of. Um... He reminds me of, um, I forgot his name now. What's the uh, ex-Chiefs running back who's now at the Browns? Hunt. Um, Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt, yeah. Yeah, he reminds me of Kareem Hunt. Yes. He's a bit yes. bigger, but if people remember, Kareem Hunt was a bit bigger in college as well. And he yeah. loved weight when he came to the NFL. Um, he, that's who he reminds me of. He's got that kind of ability to just get extra yards when he needs them. And yeah. al- always seems to be um, getting... Um, being able to do something for the offense, catching, running, whatever. Um, yeah. Good, good shout on Zach Moss there. Yeah, Utah got Texas um, in their bowl game, the Valero Alamo Bowl. Apparently, yeah, that's um, Christmas. That's New Year's Eve. That is New Year's Eve. So yes, stay up for that one. Um, 
So last one for me, finish up here, is um, one more player to watch. And it's not the biggest game, but it should be an exciting one. Uh, the night of Friday 27th, um, so morning of Saturday the 28th, USC are playing Iowa. And I know we've kind of shouted his praises here before, but this is Keaton Slovis, quarterback for USC, his first opportunity in a bowl game. Yeah. And the kid is on fire. I mean, he had um, an interesting start of the year where he showed some highlights and did some interesting things. He wasn't the starting quarterback. Uh, JT Daniels was. Uh, he had a he had a, a good game against Notre Dame and, and Oregon, but yeah. better sides. But since that point, he's now had three games in a row. Last three games, he's had over 400 yards each time, mm-hmm. uh, four touchdowns each game. Arizona State, Cal, and UCLA, and he's just doing things which we haven't seen from a USC quarterback in a long time. Um, you know, uh, that he reminds me very much of that Darnold breakout year. Um, and um, it's going to be really exciting to see what uh, Slovis does next season with a year under his belt yep. uh, and what he can do to this college football season. So um, hopefully he has a big bowl game and uh, starts impressing people. Yeah, yeah, I was impressed by Slovis. Um, obviously, being a Notre Dame fan, I watched that game. Um, I think through just over 250 yards. and he, he, looked really, he looked really impressive. It was one of his first games, sort of. Um, was, yeah. I think it, that was maybe week four, maybe. Um, it might have been his second start or something like that. It was, it was, was it? Yeah. early on in his, in his career. And, and you know, that's yeah. defense. That's a good defense. And, and the yeah. fact that he, he didn't make loads of mistakes in that game is, is a good thing. No, yeah, like I said, he impressed me, and it was, yeah, USC had been a bit of a, you know, a bit of a turbulent team to follow the last couple of years, but um, yeah, Keaton Sobers could be the answer. So yeah, good shout. I'm looking forward to seeing him as well. Yeah. Okay, so um, I think that's everything. Um, you know, just to to sum up, yeah, we had a little talk on Army Navy there, which was good fun, and and talked about the bowl games, which are going to be um, fascinating in terms of who gets through those playoffs. We'll try and fit in one more. Uh, you know, a couple more podcasts if we can after the semi-finals go down, so we can give you a full breakdown. Um, uh, well, I'll probably talk to Lee about doing another one of these um, kind of Twitch-style streams again because he did a good one for the Baylor Oklahoma game. Yeah. Um, and uh, finally, talked about some good players for you guys to to look up. Uh, and Rob will be uh, happy to have you back. Is there um, you're going to talk about uh, the Picks League, maybe? Yeah, so it's um, a work in progress, but it will be up within the next couple of days. So do check out the uh, the full ten yards Twitter account and, and the college account. Basically, what I've got is a is a is a pick and pull. Um, <coughs> excuse me, which is basically all of the bowl games, and you you select which team is going to win each of the games, uh, and it's called a confidence pool. So what you do then is once you've picked your the winner, you select. Um, a point number so I think it goes from 1 to 41 you can only use the points once so for example if you think that um, let's pick a random game out here Uh, okay Michigan Alabama if you think it's going to be an absolute landslide for Alabama then you'd you put Alabama to win and you'd put the maximum amount of points on which I think is 41 now so you put 41 points on Alabama. You can't then use 41 points again. So the next highest obviously be 40, and it goes all the way up to one. So when you get the tight games, maybe your, um, your Clemson's versus Ohio State, you might want to say, um, I might put 
uh, Ohio State down for maybe one or two points. Um, and then basically, yeah, it's a case of you've got your pick and pulls. So it's your teams that win, but you've also got your points as well. So the, the winner at the end of the day is the person who's got the most points. It's very confusing, but it's not that confusing. Um, no, it's going to be fun, yeah. It's going to be good so we'll, to compete and... Yeah, exactly. Um, it's just yeah. a bit of fun. It's it's putting your trust in your opinions, really. Um, but yeah, that the link will go up um, either t- tonight or tomorrow. Um, so yeah, Wednesday, maybe Thursday. Uh, but we'll see. Um, we'll, we'll get it up there before the bowl start for sure. So so it'll be a bit of fun. Go join that and and pick your winners. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. So um, go uh, go make your picks, and uh, we'll, we'll hopefully um, have some more to talk about next time. So. Uh, Thank you uh, for being on, Rob. This has been great. It's glad to have another voice. And, uh, yeah, no problem, Max. Thanks for, thanks for having me on as well. Uh, looking forward to draft season. We had to come back on a draft season. We had some really good shows last year um, about uh, draft picks and and who who's coming where and what's good and the projections for these college players. So really looking forward to that. I'm actually buzzing for, for February, March time. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be fun and we can talk mm. about your Packers and who they're going to pick up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, bro. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the podcast. For all your football needs, check out our website, full10yards.com, or follow us on Twitter at full10yardscfb. And remember, keep those eyes peeled.